0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit mbcocala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Today, we're hearing a message from our series entitled Essentials. We're learning how to live a victorious Christian life by boiling it all down to the basics. If you do nothing else, be sure these essentials are part of your life. Help me welcome our internet family. God bless you guys. So glad you were with us today. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, as Pastor Nick uh, pointed out, we're summer series will start uh, next week. I want to say about Pastor Nick too, that um, he and his wife Emily are expecting a baby very, very, very soon It'll be baby number one. And about the same time, he also will be completing his master's degree. And so I'm just so proud of you, buddy. So proud of you. Amen. Well, our summer series um, will begin next week. And we're going to take a little bit of vacation. We're not gone the whole time, but we're just going to kind of come and go a little bit and do a few things and go visit our kids in Nashville and so forth. And so um, we'll be out a little bit. Um, I've said this every week, but I just want to make real clear on this. Some of you may say, well, Pastor, you just had some time off. But that was recovery time. This is going to be vacation time. And so looking forward to that. Speaking of recovery, uh, depending on the doctor's appointment I have Tuesday morning, uh, my hand therapists have said that uh, this coming Tuesday should be the last of my hand therapy. I've met all my (laughs) markers and everything. So it's just a matter of continuing to get strength. I have home therapy, but I don't have to go there anymore. And they've just been tremendous. And so I'm just very, very thankful for that. Amen. But we, you will be in, in good hands um, the next few weeks and just tremendous services. If you get a vacation, take one. If you're home, make sure that you get here because church days do, in fact. There you go. Thank you so much. And then let me uh, draw your attention to um, if you have a phone or a tablet, uh, you know, electronic tablet. Um, I see many of you that write. I still write. And I'm so glad because I've just been able to start writing again. But um, if you have that, you can get the free app, it's called UVersion and get UVersion, You can tap on the homepage there, more, and then more will bring up uh, another menu, and you just tap uh, events, and it will bring up Meadowbrook Church, and all my notes and scriptures will be there. You can have those, you can share those, you can add notes to that, and so forth and uh, save them and whatnot. So it's a great way uh, to leverage technology, and I would encourage you to do it. It only takes a few seconds to get there. I tried it before first service today again, and um, we've got pretty robust um, Wi-Fi here, so that should help you as well. So you ready to get to the Word today? All right, we're talking about essentials, and essentials are things that you simply must have. You cannot do without these things, and really it depends uh, what are essentials. It depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to uh, bake a cake, uh, you would have essentials that would be different than raising a baby, you know. If you're going to um, outer space or you're going on a wilderness survival trip, you're, you're going to need maybe some similar things but different things. If you're going to China, I talk, uh, my son Joshua, my middle son Joshua, is actually in the air right now. He's on his way to China. He's going on a trip with uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman and his Uh, ministry group, so they're they're going over there, so be in prayer for Josh, and um, so if you're going to China, and I talked to him last night, um, and and being dad, I'm saying, hey, son, and don't forget this, don't forget that, your passport, and I forgot, he travels all the time, and so I said, sorry, buddy, and he said, that's all right, you're my dad, but um, you're going to need more uh, different essentials to go to China than if you would if you're going to go to Bellevue, Okay? So what is it that you're trying to do? That's the thing. And so you must have it or you won't be able to do what you're trying to do. And what is it that we are trying to do? We're trying to, all of us, move from where we are to where God wants us to be. Well, where is this that God wants us to be? Not just heaven, but God is wanting to do a work in your life, say my life, life. and in my life and in all of our lives, This journey, he's wanting to move us from where we are to where he wants us to be. Where is that? How do we define that? The way we've kind of defined it is like this. He wants us to be more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed so that we can be a blessing and that we can bring glory to God. And really, that's kind of a bottom line thing. And what are the essentials to take us there? And that's what we've been looking at in the last three weeks and we'll finish up on today. It will kind of come out as a list if you put it all together. But I don't want you to live it as a list or a checklist. I want you to live it as a lifestyle. And I will say this. There's no way that we're going to cover all the essentials. I'm sure. I've already thought of dozens, seriously, that we just won't have time to, to get into this in this series. So you know what we'll do? We'll keep having more and more series. Okay? So we'll just keep on, keep on, and that's what this whole thing is about so that we learn this. So today, if I have a subtitle, it would be this, as a practice. As a practice. So these are things that need to continually be in our, in our life. How many of you know of Joyce Myers and her, her ministry? I love Joyce, but I'm afraid of her. You know? But Joyce um, on Twitter this morning said this. It's not what we do one time that brings brick, uh, victory to our life. It's what we do over and over again. It's what we do over and over again. And so essentials, essentials. So it's things that we do over and over again. It's things that we realize if I don't have this, um, things aren't going to go quite right. I was reminded this morning again of essentials. And I thought, yeah, I am on the right track. Let me show you a picture this morning. I was reminded of essentials. Look at that. Look at right there. <laughs> Make sure you get the one that says fresh, okay? (laughs) All right. We're going to go kind of rapid fire today. And again, we were not going to complete a whole, quote, list of essentials. But some things that I just believe are important, I feel led of the Spirit to share these today. This is not my preferred style of teaching. Um, we're just trying to get a whole bunch of information in. I prefer to take one or two things and really break those down and give instruction and application, and we'll get back on some of that um, the next time that I teach when I get back. So we're going to look at a number of essentials today. Are you ready to go? This side seems more ready than this side. Are y- y'all ready? You're ready to go. All right, here we go. The first one would be this. Have a healthy view of God. Have a healthy view of God. This affects everything. This affects everything. I guess the question is, how big is your God? Some people have this internal question, you know, is he good? Is he big? Does he care? Does he know about me? Does he know what I'm going through? And here's a principle you need to be reminded of. Your faith will never go past your question marks. Your faith will never go past your question marks. You need to get some things settled about your view of God. Is he big? Is he good? Is he mad at me? You know, all of those things. We can get answers to that in God's Word and we find out that he is almighty. And we find out that he does care. And that he will help us. And that he is with us. And I like this part too. He's very long-suffering. He's very patient with us. Anybody glad that he's patient with us? And so our view of God has direct impact on our outlook and that our outlook really directly determines our outcomes in life. So the big question would be, which is bigger? Which is bigger, your problems or God? Okay, now that's the proper Sunday school answer. You know, that when we're put on the spot, especially at church, which is bigger, your problems or your God? Well, God is. But what about on Tuesday afternoon you're all by yourself or Wednesday at midnight and you get this news or whatever it would be. You know, there needs to be clearly in you, not just the appropriate answer, but a settled thing on the inside of you that my God is bigger than any situation that there would be. Amen? So I want to give you a couple of stops, first of all, on having a healthy view of God. And by stops, it's kind of giving you... um, you know, it reminds me of giving directions. Um, when I was in high school and first two years of college, I worked at this gas station. And um, yeah, I had my name on my shirt, had a grease rag, had a key on a retractable deal. It was awesome. <laughs> Thinking about going to a, kind of a staff uniform where we do that. But full service. How many of you remember full service, you know? And so uh, uh, I can remember I hadn't been working there too long, so I'm in mean, like uh, 10th grade, maybe 11th grade, and um, this guy asked me for directions to the turnpike. This was in Leesburg. And he said, how do I get to the turnpike? And so I said, all right, here's what you want to do. I said, you want to go down this way, about six traffic stops. You want to take a right, go about two miles, you're going to see a sign, and take a left, and you're going to head on out. And before you know it, you're at the the turnpike. Thank you so much. The guy pulls off, and my boss comes over and goes, where were you telling him to go? I said, turnpike. He goes, turnpike's this way. (laughs) So I'm better at directions now, okay? (laughs) All right. So the first stop is this, and I want to put it it up on the screen for you. Stop. Everybody say stop. stop. Stop telling God about your big problems and start telling your problems about your big God. See, it's a mindset. Stop telling God about your big problems and start telling your problems about your big God. The second stop would be this. Stop viewing your current situation as a permanent fixture in your life. If something is messed up right now, something is not optimal in your life, stop viewing that as a permanent situation in your life. Realize that God is at work and God is able to help you in that situation. The ultimate issue is whether or not, it is not whether or not you have a problem. We all have problems. Tell your neighbor, I have problems. Tell your other neighbor, you have problems. Okay. That one got louder. Okay. The ultimate issue is not whether or not you have problems. It's this. Do you know anybody that can help you with your problems? See, that's the issue. And that's why we must have a healthy view of God. Look at this in Psalm 91. Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. David writes, he who dwells in the secret place of this little tiny God, be careful that you don't step on him. No. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the, help me, Almighty. Almighty. Do you know what this word means in the Hebrew? Almighty. Verse 2. David, because he had that healthy view of God, said, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. And then over in the Book of Revelation, verse one, it's uh, John writes, uh, quoting Jesus here. These are the words of Jesus: "I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end." Says the Lord, "Who is and who was and who is to come." The what? And in the Greek New Testament, do you know what that word means? Almighty, Almighty. Almighty. Y'all are smart. (laughs) Y'all know Hebrew and Greek. amazing. Let's see, you must have this proper view of God. Is he big? Is he able? I'll tell you what he is. He's almighty. I said he's almighty. I, I gave you two stops. Let me give you two nothings, okay? There is nothing that God cannot do, help, or fix. Nothing. There's nothing that God cannot do, help, or fix. Here's the other nothing. There's nothing that is locked that God cannot either unlock or show you the key. I find more often in my life and in, in people I know, that He shows you how to he shows you the key. Because what would we be if God just went around unlocking everything for us? We'd be spoiled brats. You know, but instead, He wants us to come to Him. And as we come to him, he will show us the way. His word is full of the promise on that. So there's nothing that is locked. Right now you might be stumped and stalled at a situation in your life. Seek God. There's nothing that is locked that God cannot either unlock, and he has unlocked things for all of us, or that he will show you the key. Can I get a good amen on that this morning? Now, knowing all of that, could we all collectively just let out one big sigh? Come on. It's going to be all right. See, when you have a healthy view of God, it's going to be be all right. Let's look at our next essential, and again, these are going to be rapid fire. So enough about you. Let's move on here. Essential next one is this. Be kind. Be kind. Everybody say be kind. kind. Proverbs 19.22 says, what is desired in a man is kindness. In the Hebrew, this word desired actually includes the idea of it's attractive too. This explains how a guy like me could have a beautiful wife like Alicia. I'm attractive. Why? Kindness. See, so how many of you need to be more attractive? Trust me. What is desired in a man, in a person, is kindness. What does that mean? Treat people right. Oh, come on, that was feeble. Treat people right. Yeah. Well, we're at home now. I don't care where you are. You treat people right. Treat people right. Well, what is right? Here's a good way to figure it out. Golden rule it. That means, how would I want to be treated? Well, they messed up, and they did this, they did that. So have you, so have you. And wouldn't you like it when you messed up or didn't handle it quite right that someone would treat you in a good way? And so, again... Be kind. Next one is this. Work hard. Work hard. Everybody say work hard. Look in Colossians chapter 3. Work willingly, other translations say heartily, at whatever you do. As though you were working for the Lord. Get this concept. As though you're working for the Lord. Everybody say, I work for the Lord. Lord. Now don't go tell your boss that tomorrow. (laughs) Your boss comes up and tells you to do something. Say, I work for the Lord because then you won't have that boss, okay? So as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Look at verse 24. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. Work hard. You serve Christ. There's reward from him. Proverbs says that all labor leads to profit. And here's, here's the other thing, too. I believe that believers, that followers of Jesus, look at, look at me for this, should be the best workers there are. Thank you. Thank you. I believe that believers should be the best workers there are. It's one, it's one of the greatest witnesses that you can have. Not that you share the Roman road to salvation and preach on the, on the break room table. But probably one of the greatest witnesses is that you joyfully serve and work hard with integrity. And I'll tell you what, and I've run across this Numerous, numerous, numerous times where it's happened that a boss will say, I don't know what it is about you, but do you know other people like you? Because I need them to work for me. And I, I just believe that believers should be the best workers that there are. Can we get just one more amen on that one? Here's here's another one here. The three C's, our next essential, the three C's, not new to us. Don't compete, don't compare, don't complain. Don't compete, don't compare, don't complain. You know what? People who have a big God have no need to compete, have no need to compare, have no need to complain. I've been to conferences before, Christian conferences. And then we all get to the airport and everybody's flying back out to go wherever. And then they'll come on the announcement and go... Uh, we're moving, gate moving, we're moving you from C-12 to B-21. So it's all these believers and leaders and everything, and we get a gate change, and they're like, for the love of God! (laughs) Then you get to the new gate, and after a while they go, "Uh, we need to announce a flight delay. And they storm the little gate agent. Believers! Storm the gate. How am I going to get home? And I've got to be blah, 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 blah. But you know what? When you've got a great big God, this is the way I figure. It. He knows I'm here. He knows where I live. He's able to get me home. Okay? So when you've got a big God, when you've got a big God, you don't have to act so much like you're a big deal. And you don't have to compete, compare, or complain. Can we get an amen on that one real quick? Next essential, be light, be light. Say it, be light. And I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, let your light shine and preaching the gospel and, and all of that. This is kind of a little different approach here. I want you to just brighten the corner where you are. I want you to lift folks up, to add value to people, to encourage people, to notice people. Jesus paid attention to children and sinners and lepers look at me for this one there should not be any invisible people around you do you know what I mean sometimes you come into a setting some of you feel this way this morning I pray before you leave that you don't feel this way you feel like no one sees me no one hears me I come and I go and there's people that live their life that way I can remember going to here ice cream truck or something Turn off your phones. I remember going to a class reunion and this guy comes up and talks to me, Hey, how you doing? I go, Good. Remember me? Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Help me out. It's been a while. Told me his name. (laughs) (laughs) Remember this? Mm mm. And then you go home and you look in your yearbook and go, I, st- I still don't remember them. Now, I'm going to chalk that up to maybe time past. But you know what? Sometimes we interact, and may it never be at church, that people come and go and no one hears them, no one sees them. Listen, we all have a responsibility as a part of the body. Let there be no invisible people around you. Be light to them. Find the people around you. Love people. Don't just, i got to get my seat and mark my seat and i got to go get coffee. And I got to go, don't let that be what you do here. As you're coming, as you're going, make sure that you pay attention to the people around you. Sometimes, sometimes I, well, every service I come out 15, 20 20 minutes early and I greet. And a lot of times I shoot up the middle or whatever. But you know what I do about a third of the time? I go to the far edges. And sometimes I catch people that did not want to see the pastor today. Well, they're off sitting by themselves or whatever. But listen, let there be no, no invisible people around us. Let's all be light. Can we get a good amen on that one? Because you know what? Because you know what? Sometimes the only difference between you and another person is just your story. And if you lived their story, I don't know what you'd be like. So let's be light. Next essential, walk in love. Say it, walk in love. Walk in love. Oh, what does that mean? Glad you asked. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. This is is essential. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in the evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And here's the thing about love. It also fulfills all the law. If you just live this way, it's like, I can't remember all the things we're supposed to do. Then just walk in love. And when you walk in love, you're not going to do harm to other people. You're not going to make yourself something that you're not. You're not going to treat people the wrong way. And you know what? This kind of love, love never fails. That kind of love, you fulfill all the requirements of the law. And then also, it causes your faith to work. Galatians tells us that faith works because of love. And when we have love, it helps our faith to work. Next essential is this serve. Everybody say serve. Serve. And I'm not just talking about serve here. Of course, serve at church. You know, find some way through one of the ways, many, 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 many ways that we serve in the church and in the community. But serve at home. I hear you, sister. Hey, some of you guys get served too much and some of you need to serve. Seriously. You want to shake things up at home? Go bring your wife coffee in bed. I hear you, sister. All right, all the guys just shut down, but that's all right. But serve at home. Serve in life. I don't care if you're at the grocery store or the building supply place or the craft store, wherever you are. Look how how can I help somebody? How, how can I be a blessing? How can I serve somebody? And then, of course, serve in the house of the Lord. And then Romans chapter 15 says this: strength is for service, not status. I love that. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? That's what Jesus did. Everybody say these four words with me. How can I help? Amen. There, you already practiced it. How can I help? Truly, the joy is in serving. Truly, the joy is in serving. You are never more happy. You are never more fulfilled than when you're helping and serving other people. And you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. That's how he showed his greatness was by coming and serving other folks. And we can never be greater than our master, but we can certainly become more and more like him. And there's a cycle with serving, too, because we find out from the parables uh, that Jesus said this well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the lord and the principle that we take out of that is the joy is in serving and so when we serve we have joy in the book of nehemiah it says the joy of the lord is our is our strength and strength is for Service. So what's the cycle here? When I serve, I enter into joy, and joy is strength, and strength is for service. So now I have strength as I serve, I get joy, and joy is strength, and strength is for service. And I'm telling you, the most vibrant people I know are people who have a servant's heart wherever they go. That kind of rhymed. Next essential is this. Get planted in the house of the Lord. Get planted in the house of the Lord. In Psalm 92, verse 13. David writes, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. For a plant to thrive, it must have the proper amounts of sun and shade and water and nutrients and so forth. And the same is true for us. This metaphor comes across that we are to be planted and we're to be planted in the house of the Lord. David also said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He said, I was glad, this kind of glad, like I'm in line for food glad. Okay? I was glad when he said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And he completely describes the activity and and the setting of church. And it's talking about getting planted in church. It's one thing to, to believe, but it's another thing to belong and to be planted in a place. You are to be planted in a healthy, life-giving church. And our goal, day in and day out, day in and day out, every meeting that we have, bottom line, everything we do during the week, bottom line, is so that Meadowbrook Church would be a healthy, life-giving church. And this is a good place to get planted, and if God plant you then get planted don't be that little plant that's in the black plastic bucket you know that just gets moved around and somebody you know slides it over here and we forget to water it or whatever get planted get planted get planted in the house of the Lord and you're going to thrive and a thriving Christian life involves that not just believing but belonging not just attending but getting planted and being a part of something here's a little saying I came up with just for today church days You've heard it. Somebody leaked this. Come on, read it with me. Church days affect the rest of your days. Can I tell you something? I was, I was uh, living in Leesburg, and I was attending a community college down there. Long story short, I got invited to be involved because uh, I had a couple friends that were just on fire for Jesus. I wasn't used to people like that. I got invited to be part of some events that were going on over in the Orlando area. This church that was just thriving at the time, and this is way back last century. (laughs) And I started going, and at that point in my life, I wasn't really serving Jesus. I was a Christian, but I wasn't serving Jesus. My prayer life was hit and miss. I wasn't cracking the Bible hardly ever. The only time I went to church is when my parents made me go to church. And then I had these friends that had this light and this love and this warmth inside and a genuine love and life in God that they were enjoying. And they invited me to come be a part of what they're doing. And I started going. And I, I, was, I felt like I was in God's house. And I saw God's ministers and God's people and was receiving God's word. Felt God's presence and God's love. And you know what? It changed, it changed my life. And I was driving from Leesburg. There. It took me about an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes to get there. And I started serving. And they said, we need you here by quarter till 7 in the morning. And I said, I'll be here. I'm telling you what, I loved it so much. I got involved in a small group as well, and I'm serving. And, and, and all of these things that were going on, I could not get enough of it. And church days, and listen to me, listen to me, that was the turning point in my life. That was the turning point in my life, is I got into a life-giving church, and I got planted in the church, and it changed my life. And let me add in this other little principle. Church alive It's worth the drive. All right. Can I? All right. We've got people that drive from all over the place to be here. Sitting in the sound booth, one of our sound engineers, John Sapp, and his wife Kathy and their, their family are part of here. They first saw us when we were still on television. And they started coming from Stark. Do you know where Stark is? No, you don't. Nobody knows where Stark is. That's why they call it Stark. Start driving from Stark. We're here every service. And then they just didn't attend. They started serving. And eventually, even though his job is at Shands, eventually they came and, and just moved down here. God helped them to just move down. We've got, we've got another family that comes every week. They serve. They're, part of, they're even a part of the choir. They live in Cedar Key. And we've got people coming because I'm telling you what, and, and you listen to their stories. They said because my life changed, it changed my life, and a church alive is worth the drive. But here's here's a big deal. Some of y'all live just over the fence at Carlton Arms and only come once a month. <laughs> what? Get planted in the house of the Lord, and it's summertime. Hey, we're still going full blast because you know what? We need it, full blast. If you get a vacation, take a vacation. But if you're in town, get yourself here. Don't make that essential an optional thing in your life. Can I get a big amen on that? I got one last one. I've got to hurry on this one, and it's this. Be free. Be free. Everybody say, be free. free. Jesus came not just to save us but to set us free. He who the sun sets free is Free. free. Free indeed. And there's many aspects of freedom, but I just want to get on this. Let me have your full attention here in these last couple of minutes. I'm going to give you another stop. You ready for this? Stop being a victim. Whenever we defer to or blame a person or event in our life for our current spiritual and emotional health, we're a victim. Look at this phrase right here, this principle right here. When you blame others, you define yourself as a victim. Stay with me. I wish I had two hours on this. When you blame others, you define yourself as a victim. And when you're a victim, you're powerless. And when you're a victim and you're powerless, you grow frustrated. And then you get angry. And then the wound worsens and the pain persists. And then you grow selfish and you get ineffective. And then before before you know it, you have no chance of being happy, stable, fruitful, or blessed. And Jesus came to set you free. And you've got to get involved in this too and set yourself free. Just before Thanksgiving when I fell off the roof, I broke my back, I crushed my arm, I lost the use of my hand. Got it back now, thank you Jesus. But I'm laying in my bed, I had to wear this stupid clamshell thing. I was in pain. Just... Just all these things going. I'll be honest with you because I didn't know what my prognosis was. I didn't know all these things. You have to fight. Many of y'all have been there. You've been in these kind of situations. And, and I just, I, you have to fight depression. You have to fight a lot of things. I, re, I started to remind myself how big God is and that He saw me and He's with me. My wife one day came in and she, she just kind of got over me, looked me right in the face. She said, Tim Gilligan, you listen to me. She said, You're not sick, you're just injured. And the body's made to heal, and God is a healer, and we're going to be well again. And I had to dismiss myself from an wait a minute I had to dismiss, dismiss myself from an event and say, well, you know, you know, I fell off the roof, so I'm never going to be right. Well, I got defiant on the inside, and I will be more than right. Yesterday, I was swimming in my pool with my 16 year old son. We were swimming around, and I realized suddenly, I just realized how good I was feeling and everything else, and I realized I am 10 feet away from where I fell and almost lost. I thought, God, you are so, so good to me. And listen, this, this is what you have to do. You have to dismiss the event and you have to release some people and say, I will no longer, no longer be a victim. Because Jesus came and set me free. Now, hold on. And you got to promise me, promise me you'll be sweet in the parking lot. Because we got to take a moment and... Do this before we get out of here. Close your eyes real quick if you would. I want you to just hold your hands out before God in commitment and to receive from him. And I want you to, release, uh, I want you to repeat this after me today. God Almighty, I release every person. I dismiss every event. And I now take full responsibility for my spiritual health, for my emotional health, for my life. God and I, God and I will take it from here. And God is taking me from where I am to where he wants me to be. I will be more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. I will be a blessing. I will give glory to God. I am no longer a victim. I am free. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Did y'all get anything out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected with us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.